Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops for psychological operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. Welcome to the 293rd consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, who is in no way jacked up on some kind of amphetamine that's legal for him to do. I swear to fucking God. And my co-host, who is definitely down in the dumps, but grateful March Matei's finally over, is Matt. So, did you snort it? Did you snort the amphetamine? Because that fucking, that'll get you lit. <laughs> Why would you say that? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm not jealous or anything. I'm not just, Give me that fucking infinity! Oh, sorry. Sorry. Holy cow. Where did that guy come from? I don't uh, know who that was. No, I just, I'm I'm in seriously deep ketosis right now, so I am yeah. like annoying ketone man. Like, I can't fucking stop. That little yappy dog I always say that I am when I I'm, uh, I'm, when I feel annoying, where I'm just like, hey, hey, let's do this. Hey, hey, let's do this. I'm fucking there. I'm like jumping up and down and bouncing around like a fucking maniac. It's insane. I don't like it. I'm overproductive. It's not fucking cool. Why? Jesus Christ. Stop being all that way then. <laughs> well, what the fuck's I mean, wrong with you? Well, I mean, it does feel pretty good though, too. Um, I, I would assume that it's it's like the, the the moms who take the kids Adderall. 
Yeah, uh, I, I could totally see that. But this is all natural, kind of. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, or, that's better. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying what it's like. I'm not, wasn't trying to judge her or anything yet. Dude, I'm not taking some kids Adderall, but I am worried that I might get put on it myself at some point. Ah, <laughs> uh, who cares? Let him, let him come take you. <laughs> <laughs> she feels real good. <laughs> That's really my main concern and why I'm kind of like not really wanting to go to therapy because I've just talked to my friends and when I open up and start saying some of my more innermost thoughts, most of you are like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're freaking me out. Yeah, you'll be fine if you have to go to therapy. They're not going to send you anywhere. Are you sure? I mean, you? Probably not. Somebody else? Maybe. (laughs) I'm the right shade to wear my mental illness. I can wear like a badge and like uh, bring awareness for everybody else. Is that what you're saying? You're close to a middle-aged white dude. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. Are you insane? <laughs> you, I mean, you're not using your privilege at all over here because <laughs> you have it. You can literally go into a doctor, say the kind of shit you say, and you're going to be fine. Uh, that makes me feel even fucking worse. I mean, like, it I fucking could, should, but I could, I mean, I could, I could, I could buy a gun and no one yeah. would stop me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You'd get point. it almost next day. <laughs> right. Unless I it can't was even like a... get shit from Amazon that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> right. I could probably walk out of the store with a rifle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it takes me four days to get fucking toilet paper. So I'm just saying, you're fine. <laughs> Wait, you're ordering toilet paper on Amazon? No, I just thought the first thing I could think of. I, I'm not actually doing that. <laughs> I go I go to the fucking store. <laughs> so uh, hoarding toilet paper, now that we're uh, officially about a year into the pandemic, because as of this recording, this is when they dropped the tiger shit Yeah, yeah. on the uh, Netflix and everyone went nuts for it. And it became this huge cultural phenom- phenomenon where everyone watched it at once. That's right. It yeah, was like a everyone- year ago today. And I got to admit, I'd be like, yeah, it's not worth the hype. But that fucking shit was worth the fucking hype. As, every time as I did, every time it, what? As of this recording, it's a year ago today. Yeah, but that's amazing. Like I said, dude, I, I every time I, I was watching that and I'm like, uh, there's no way it's going to live up this hype everyone has. And it did because every time I was like, well, it's not going to get any more fucked up from here. It got more fucked up from there. <laughs> yeah. And just when we thought the same thing about the pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually just the way I've been feeling about this country for the last uh, 10 years. It's can't, can't get any more fucked up this year. And it gets more fucked up this, that year. I'm going to stop saying it because it can't be good. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, that reminds me of the thing that always happens with you and I from Dawn of the Dead. Oh, um, yeah. I brought it to your attention first and you didn't believe me that it would happen. So you tested it out and now you're a true believer that we got it by the ass. We got this. Yeah. We got this by the ass. You never fucking say that. No. The never you say that and you mean it that's when things go bad for you never fucking say it if you say it you get whatever you get because and i won't feel bad for you either if you say that and they're like oh my god matt you know what just happened to me i'm gonna be like i don't fucking care what just happened to you i know what you said so fucking live with that even something as simple as video games and saying that when i thought i just cleared a level yeah exactly I'm going to be be like, oh my God, I have to start all the way from the beginning. I'm going to be like, wow, maybe you should have been a fucking idiot and said dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bringing this up because (laughs) the movie this week, Hell of the Living Dead, so desperately wants to be on the level of Dawn of the Dead and so much borrows heavily some serious iconography from Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. But also wholesale lifts the Goblin's score. 
and put this in the in the film. Apparently, they wanted to hire Goblin, but it was way too cost inhibitive to have them record an actual Goblin soundtrack. Did the Don? Yeah, the score. Don the Don synthesized score that you know and love is Goblin. Yes. Yeah. I know, and I, you could tell they tried to fake it right at the beginning. Oh, they flat out steal the tracks, yeah. though, Matt. Not only that, they also take soundtrack elements from another movie. Um, Jesus, I can't think of it off the top. Oh, Contamination. They wholesale lift opening and closing themes from, from Contamination. There is like maybe one or two moments of score that they paid for that some for this movie specifically, but the bulk of the soundtrack of this film is soundtracks of other films repurposed. And now, I will say this without a shadow of out the best way to end uh Matei, March Matei. <laughs> we ended it the strongest. And and I'll get into other reasons why I think that. Because you know, it's not the regular reasons, but well, some of it is. But okay, well, this is, and I said it before we did this, this is my favorite Matei film of all of the ones that I've seen so far. Yeah. All right? and, and I it, can see why, because it's probably it is mine as well. <laughs> right. It is by far the most enjoyable Bruno Matei film that we have yet to watch on this show. Yes. We can both say that for for sure. Now, I can say it for sure. Now, neither again, of us is saying, is it a good movie? No. No. no, no not even a little bit. Absolutely not. Is the it enjoyable? The wife watched this with me because it's a zombie movie, and by the middle of it, she's like, what is exactly happening? I'm like, don't ask that question in a Matei movie. You don't need to know what's happening. <laughs> it's not what's happening. It's what are you seeing right now? That's all yeah, that matters. I mean, stop trying to make this what it's not, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you are now a convert to the yeah. Matei way of movie watching. It takes you it takes you four episodes, but by the end of every Matei month, you are on board for Matei until the next yeah. time around. It's so fucking weird this happens like this. It's it just it you have to it has to grow. <laughs> it's like a fungus. <laughs> Maybe you almost need to like rewatch a Matei film or two that you enjoyed to get the flavor back. Like this one, like the, because you can tolerate it again, maybe you should do Hell of the Living Dead. And then possibly, yeah. maybe, no, not, not Cruel Jaws. Obviously, that was too much for you. No, like, no, no. It can't be Cruel Jaws. <laughs> right. We'll have to find um, Shocking Dark, I think, would be a good one. I think you really enjoyed yeah. Shocking Dark. So I, yeah. think, I think that's where we need to go is we need to get you like one or two Matei films that you're used to. So you get used to the flavor. And then we throw the new shit at you, emphasis on shit, and see how it sticks. To bad we came up with this plan like right at like the towards the end of any Matei. So I don't know how much Matei is left. Then again, didn't you say you found a Trevor treasure trove of like shit he didn't actually do? Uh, so there is, you know how we covered the Lucio Fulci movie where he directed yeah. half of it? Technically yeah. this movie, Hell of the Living Dead, Claudio Fergassi directed half of it. And that's the guy okay. who did Troll 2, Matt. So you should be thankful uh, that I'm not taking you through a Fergassi February. Yeah, oh, I, now that I've said it, this is, I, this I, is the now rule. That you've of, said, I was about to say, now that you've said it, I've, I'm pretty sure... You're going to fucking do it. <laughs> Just hearing it out loud, it sounds like the kind of thing that I should do. <laughs> yeah, it really does. So, But I don't want to suffer through Fergazi either. Is the guy who did Troll 2, dude? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a good Fergazi film? I put it to you, gentle listener, to find that for me. And by good, I mean at least in Bate okay. <laughs> in Bate okay? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking, you're, you're starting to fucking lose it right now. <laughs> Look, I'm okay. You're Mate. It's okay. No, no. Everything's okay. <laughs> All right. Just, yeah. I'm getting delirious. Let's get out of this. Yep. Let's get out of this fucking intro and we're going to move on and we're going to actually get into the parts where we do the reviews. All right. Finally. <laughs> this will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. fuck out of contamination that whole entire sequence yes jesus it's like a full track that was for a scene in contamination that they use in the film hell of the living dead that makes a lot of sense for a matin movie well and the music that i'm playing right now is more than likely also stolen from contamination because i'm going to be playing something underneath this so everybody be cool i also stole this because it was stolen again yeah but you're not trying to take you know fucking credit for everything i will take credit for the cuts i did on this trailer the whole village is contaminated. There have been many deaths. Now they're celebrating the funerals. Bodies have to be cremated. Wish to God I knew what's happening here. I insist that the most serious situation we have to deal with is cremating the bodies. Cut it out! Stop wasting your damn bullets, you jerks! You need to hit their head! I told you! Say it like this! Get away! What's wrong, huh? You're disappointed? Sorry, boys, I'm not on the menu after all. Don't let it worry you. I think you will all meet again. In hell! Huh? Hurry up, get going. Here they come. Oh, no. 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 Oh,
I heard some funny noises in the back there. Hurry. Regan, check the coordinates. Experimental project operation Sweet Death must be considered a complete failure. All these high-powered installations, like a factory from a future world, safely hidden. You're all doomed to horrible death. Doomed to be eaten up. First they'll kill you. fucking movie all packaged up in a trailer again posting the name up in text because well that way they don't actually have to say the name of the film they just have this highlight reel that original trailer was damn near four minutes and i cut it down to just damn near two jesus christ and i only got damn four clips out of this whole fucking thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah there better be a whole bunch of expository dialogue clips because that's literally the only like talking you got in the film was explaining what was happening right in front of you kinda yeah um and it it was only did it for because i thought it was so fucking worthless to have it otherwise <laughs> i just yeah you don't watch this film for the dialogue but what you no. do get from this film is quite literally every italian subgenre in exploitation rolled into one flick minus maybe yeah. the nazi stuff because you're not watching this for a story well no there's no way that you possibly can glom a story no, from like, this con- there's no cohesive way. story here <laughs> no like, the- at what at what point if we're gonna get to it these guys just end up in guam they're just in guam <laughs> Now we're in Guam. We've arrived in Guam. <laughs> right. I, I I can sort of piece together what is supposed to be happening to try and explain to you why they're all of a sudden in Guam. Yeah. And well, I, I mean, it's still I'll not you, all that great. And I will, t- I will tell you when we are in Guam and when we're not in Guam. Yeah. And I kind of know when we are in not in Guam, but it still fucking doesn't make any sense that they all end up in fucking Guam. <laughs> But anyway. Yes, it right. actually does. And I can explain why, but I don't want to yet because it's going to ruin the story. So let's just do it. All right. All right, all right, all right. How of the Living Dead. First 20. We start at a facility. Uh, everyone's checking instruments. Apparently, there's something of a leak going on. These two guys, they're checking for it in protective suits. Uh, mainly, they're talking about whether they're ass or tit men uh, and not really paying attention to the work. That's kind of fucked up. So, yeah. You know. And they're being extremely denigrating about women. Oh, yeah. So not just f- like you can you can say what body part you prefer or have a fetish for and that's fine but you can also do it in such a way that you're not completely denigrating the owner of those said body parts and I believe they're talking about a a, a, a fellow scientist lady. Yeah, so, a specific co-worker. A co-worker. Yes. And that's that's bad. I should know. Whoa, what? I should know that's bad. I take fucking training sessions on that at least five times a year. <laughs> as mandated by my company. <laughs> Wait, does everyone have to do that or just yes, you? Yes, everyone has to do oh, it. Oh, okay. That's me. not so bad. Okay. <laughs> But, like, it's really bad. They are specifically commenting on a co-worker's body in such a denigrating way 
and pretty much putting her down because she doesn't have the attributes that they go for and then talking about what they do go for and then moving she, back to denigrating her more. Or she does, but they won't like, but they're pissed because she won't do nothing with their fucking rat asses. So, right. Like they deserve access to her body in some way, shape yeah. or form. Yeah. It's like right off the bat, this movie's like, yeah, fuck decorum and fuck humanity. Let's yeah, go. Exactly. Well, anyway, they think they find the area where there's a leak and they can't really tell. <laughs> My wife, as I said, she watched this with me. She made a great like uh, notion. Uh, every time they fiddled with the knob on their instrument, that's with that's when their uh, that's when the uh, readings would spike. And she's like, "Well, just stop playing with it, and they'll probably be fine." <laughs> I'm like, okay. I mean, there's a point. Um, also, they're in radiation suits that are not yeah. closed and taped down and or sealed. We're going to find out how they're not closed here in a second. Right. No, but I mean, you can clearly, safe. Yeah, you can clearly see, like, if they're there for radiation and they're wearing radiation suits in such a way, they yeah. are doing it wrong because they're not sealed at all. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, they find a dead rat. And then the rat comes alive, sneaks in one of the guy's suits, and starts biting him, and blood spurting up everywhere. And the guy freaks out. Uh, then we cut back to the scientists, you know, checking their instruments. They're like, we have a leak. If we can't stop it, it's going to kill us all. So the older kind of head scientist takes a bunch of people out. They are kind of, in, you know, inspecting everything. And then uh zombie guy pops up and bites one of the other guys, taking a good chunk out of his shoulder. Uh, that cuts to uh, this main doctor now is apparently scientist. It's sometime later. He's the only one left uh, and alive as he's running around. Um, he uh, sees like a guy who's been fully ripped open and they're taking out organs and eating them and shit. And all these effects are, are actually pretty decent. And it's a solid yeah. way to start your fucking this, apocalypse movie. That's what I was saying. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Finally, a Matei movie got me in right away. Right. That's awesome. Like <laughs> anyone who starts this film could be fooled into thinking that just maybe this could be good. Yes. Just maybe this could be a good film. Clearly, cornball because you got guys in radiation suits getting taken out by rats when they didn't even seal their radiation yeah. suit. And by the way, that fucking effect with the rat coming back to life and then attacking him. Why was uh, that not in Rats Nights of Terror where one of them plays dead and then attacks the guy? Right. That would have been an awesome trick. I The rats are supposed to be totally smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't they ever play dead? And why didn't they come up with that for Rats Nights of Terror? That would have been the, so the, fucking cool. It, yeah. I, maybe it's because Matei hadn't seen it yet. So... <laughs> <laughs> but he made the film <laughs> i know but he hadn't seen someone else make that film so, <laughs> so much shade go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> what what is someone gonna do tell him well i mean he's fucking dead so it doesn't matter <laughs> exactly so the the main scientist guy heads back to his office and he Makes a final recording that Project Sweet Death is, you know, has failed and it's, it's, it's going to be catastrophic. Just then he sees a ton of green smoke pouring into his office. So that can't be good. And then we cut to a building and God, it seems like some movie that took place during the dawn had this exact kind of scene of a SWAT team surrounding a building uh, trying to talk people down. It's weird. Anyway, I think it happened at dawn, though. So there are no charges uh, against you. Yeah, none. Uh, so they're trying to talk into some terrorists. Then this news crew comes right up on top. Right in the middle of a hostage situation, demanding, like, questioning the guy who's trying to talk to the terrorists. And that just, 
That seems not well-timed. I'm all about freedom of the press, but that could be, that might be a little much. Yeah, they're supposed to be annoying tabloid journalist types, yes. (laughs) So, just saying. Oh, by the way, all that stuff that took place in the factory, that's all in what you are referring to as Guam. Yes, I know that's Guam now. I just, it it, it was weird watching it at first, (laughs) until you realize it, but it's still fucked. (laughs) So anyway. Okay. The hostage takers, they want, um... All these hope, what they call hope facilities, shut down. And then they also get a TV brought to them so they can watch. Then we see special SWAT guys getting ready to go in. And we see the guys talking how they're going to be sent to Guam. Uh, I, you know, I thought it was for a vacation. But apparently they had to do this job first before they could go to Guam. Everything's fucking weird. Um, so anyway, but they go in. Uh, the terrorists are watching the news, and they also have this container of green stuff. It's really weird that you never see again. So it was almost like they were going to go someplace with this, and then they just really don't. Yeah, that's Matei. <laughs> you have to get used to that weird, yeah. like... He's just... holding that green stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's going to spill, and that's how it's going to end up on the mainland. But you never see it. Like most of these films, they write a grand script. They get shit for financing that they won't be able to do three-fourths of the film that they wanted to do. They quickly rewrite it on the fly. They just start tearing pages out of the script. And then the connective tissue that should be there sometimes gets explained through expository dialogue, sometimes doesn't. And Mm -hmm. the jumping around stuff that we have in this movie is relatively minimal because they just basically limited it to one area and then hinted at it getting worse later. Um, But it was always the same where they were going to go off, I guess, to the jungle because they just have to throw as much shit at you as they can with these kinds of films. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm just trying to explain, like, this is how this happens so repeatedly with Matei's films. I'm just talking to you about stuff that was brought up to me with, you know, my wife watching the film. This is stuff I've come to understand from Matei. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. One of us us has to be the voice of the people that are saying, why the fuck do you keep watching Matei movies? The other one can... the answer to that is because Court really doesn't like me all that much. (laughs) That's, That's part of it. The other part of it is Court wants to watch these because he also doesn't like himself very much. <laughs> All right. So, um... Uh, anyway, um, the special teams that get in, they kill all the terrorist bad guys. The lead terrorist leader is bleeding and says they're all gonna die horrible, painful deaths because of what's coming from these hope facilities. Uh, then that's when, right after that, we cut to the team is now in Guam, in the jungle. They're calling HQ, trying to get directions to someplace. And HQ just like, yeah, hold on, we're getting it. And he's like, alright, well, what, what's the directions? Nah, we're, we're still grabbing them. <laughs> I just imagine it's some guy like me smoking a cigarette, <laughs> drinking out of a bottle of whiskey. Hold, please. Yeah, I'm totally not getting them that shit. These guys suck. <laughs> fuck, fuck these guys. <laughs> what do they know? Anyway, that ends the first 20 minutes. All right, I'm good. We talked about what we need yeah, to. Yeah. We're fine. Well, anyway, so then we open up the next 20 minutes with four people and a young child. They're and the child's wounded, and they're pulling up to this small deserted town, and that's our first clip. Damn it! That poor kid. The wound is still superating. The infection is spreading by the minute, and we didn't bring any medicine with us. Perhaps in there we might find some water. <laughs> These bright ideas you get. Bringing a seven-year-old child through this filth. Only you could have thought of it. There was absolutely no way anybody could have guessed the trouble we'd run into. Dumb broad, the living image of a modern mother. You couldn't be so mean as to leave your little kid in a nice safe school for a couple of weeks. Not her. 
Oh, no. Not to bring our boy along with us would be cruel. Doesn't matter if he's eaten up by mosquitoes or wounded by a native lunatic. Oh, please, you're not going to begin that again. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Naturally, the great Leo Rousseau can't be bothered listening to the complaints of a man who's upset about his boy. No. She's on a special mission. The idol of the TV audience who never gets enough violence and bloodshed. You make things very easy. I'm going to go get some water. Jesus Christ, man. We're just dropped right in the middle of that conversation. Like, yeah. it's my mom and dad's fourth wedding anniversary and shit. <laughs> and you've just been wounded. Um, <laughs> what, what, what happened to him? Yeah, this is Night of the Living Dead. They yeah, basically, yeah. they threw everyone in the house in Night of the Living Dead into a Jeep and just put them right here in the middle of this. Yep. Well, the couple in the back, uh, I don't even know if they're a couple as much as maybe they're just co-workers, but one of them's a cameraman, and they go out looking for water, and he's filming her, and just, it's all fucking, it's it's a lot of filler here. Um, anyway, uh, the mom of the couple is still in the Jeep, she needs some air, and she gets out. Well, the dad is holding the child, and he falls asleep. Um, uh, then we cut back to the army guys, or SWAT guys, and they see uh, the buildings where our people are at right now, they're gonna go check them out. Uh, well, the mom, as she's looking through the room, she finds a priest with his back turned towards her. And she's walking towards him and turns around and he's, of course, a zombie. Not bad face makeup on this guy. And good crazy look. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was more the actor really, really selling it than yeah. than anything else. Because what made him so terrifying was his facial expressions and the crazy eye look that he was doing. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I, uh, yeah. I, think, I agree. I, I, I think it was great. I think the makeup, will, while it was still cool, I think it wouldn't have looked anywhere near as great as if it wasn't for this actor's grimace. They really lucked out with this dude, and they should have kept him around. Yeah, they they really should have made him more of a prominent zombie that lasted a lot longer. Um, Day of the Dead hadn't been made yet, so they couldn't rip that off. They, they didn't know that that's what they needed. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. That is your yeah. joke. I admit that I've stolen it and <laughs> repurposed it, but I think I delivered that well. So you mitade my joke. It's nice. <laughs> It's nice. No, I improved on it, so it's an homage. So you made it it competent. Right. If you steal it it and quote-unquote improve (laughs) on it and quote-unquote elevate it, then you're Quentin Tarantino. There you go. I'm sorry. You Tarantino'd my joke. Um, (laughs) Right. Although somehow you have to make it about feet and violence. So... The couple, uh, the dad is, and then we come back to the dad asleep. The son dies, then of course wakes up. He's a Z and gets this really mad, angry look on his face. Uh, the couple then who are looking for water, they find all this gross green water and they are just more than willing to get ready to drink it. But luckily before they can, they see some zombies coming their way and they at first think, oh, maybe they're just leopards or fucking weird people. But you but still they, shouldn't drink the water that a leper is like, you know. Yeah, and also a dead body it. comes out of it. So, but yeah. you shouldn't drink green water. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's a life pro tip. I'm not like any sort of camper or outdoorsy man, but I know this. If the water's green, stay away. Don't drink it, because there's something going on with it, and you don't want a chance. That. Unless you're going to definitely die otherwise, then you can kind of risk it. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you think it will kill you quicker than whatever you have is already doing, then, you know, be my guest. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> <laughs> or choose to end it, I guess, is what yeah, you're getting Yeah, at. How, however you're going to do what you're going to do. But uh, just as a suggestion, if you are relatively healthy and you want to stay that way, don't drink green water. Um. So anyway... um. 
Then we cut back to the buildings, and the mom comes out. She's holding her neck. She falls to the front of the car. We're almost like we're looking inside the car as Zombie Priest walks behind her. Um, the couple then comes out, and they meet up with the SWAT guys who pull up. And uh, they tell them, like, oh, we saw these horrible people, monsters, whatever, out in this area. So they send two guys to go check it out. Then the cameraman, uh, he looks, uh, the cameraman, he looks in the back of the, uh, Range Rover that they have, and he starts vomiting because they open up the door and there's baby boy eating dad. Uh, the army dudes. Can we, can we go- talk about the little kid zombie too, real quick? Of course. Go ahead. All right. The makeup effects on him worked really, really yeah. well. The kid yeah. was like a little fucking gauge, basically. Like he really yeah. knew how to be fucking creepy. And the eating attack, while you don't get to see a lot of it, what you do get to see is pretty fucking gruesome as well. And the way the actor reacts to it, and then the way that the overdub for the English dub for this does the reaction to it, really sells it quite well. This is one of the highlight moments of the film. Basically, all the zombie attack stuff is shockingly well done for Matei. (laughs) Agreed. And I like the, um, yeah, the guy puking uh, made made the wife queasy. She was not not a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, the, the gross factor on this is cranked up enough to where it makes it that much more enjoyable. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The young court who watched the VHS version of this uh, in college did not watch this for its quality of filmmaking. Watched it for the gross-out zombie action. Yeah, like I said, you don't watch this for the story. <laughs> you know, it's just it's not what you're here for, or the quality of the acting. Right. Even you're, when you even when you get the film and you have no idea that Vincent Don is actually. Bruno Mattei. You know, yeah. You have no fucking here to clue. watch some gross shit. All right. You're just here to live your life. Right. <laughs> right. You are here to watch what is clearly an Italian film trying to be sold to you as an American made film. Yeah. On a VHS tape in the 80s and just have a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, That's exactly the point that this film should exist in. And if you try to look at it as anything more than just like, you know, extra fodder on the video shelf, then you're going to be disappointed. But that's what these films are. And now being confused because apparently the military guys are like, wow, this kid's eating his dad. Let's try to hold him. So one guy's holding him, and while the kid's attacking him or trying to, he's just kind of holding him away, but at the same time, you're kind of like, I mean, you just saw him eating his dad. What do you, what do you think? He's gonna, like, be like, hey, thank God you're here. Yeah, uh, he all but did a bunch of kung fu after yelling pancakes. Get the fuck away from that kid. He's gonna bite you. Yeah, exactly. Motherfucker, just leave that kid alone. Just, he was in a car. He was perfectly and totally not even paying attention to you. Let the kid fucking eat his dad, and, and you go about your life. Clip. So, uh, what? Clip. 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 Probably. So, um, the army dudes they find some zombies, the ones who are looking, and they start shooting them. Pretty inefficient until one of them gets the idea and shoots one in the head, and then they start to realize, hey, there's there's a way to kill these guys. They uh, head back, and while they're they're trying to kill the kid, uh, uh one kid, one of the army guys comes up and goes, now you got to shoot him in the head, and blows the kid away. So that that kills the kid zombie. So that's good. Weird thing is, you see all this danger around you. Uh, the the uh, one lady who's with the group, she decides to go looking for that mom character. She wants to find her. So that's apparently a friend, and she'll go alone with no weapons at all when there's proven to be gunshots and violence galore around here. So, I mean, that's tote smart. Good, good, good thinking. Clearly, you weren't Dully. a latchkey kid. We get it. <laughs> so, 
she uh, is in that school area, and the lady falls out of the ceiling somehow, and she's completely dead. Blood coming out of her. That I didn't get how she would end up in the ceiling. Like, why would a zombie care? Um, I think she was still alive, crawled up into the ceiling to get away, and expired up there, but didn't come back. Well, that's that's an idea. Also, it's just really fucking cool that a corpse falls out of the ceiling. So just go with it. Anytime a corpse comes out of a ceiling, it's immediately over. It's 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 over. It's it's game over, man. Game over. Yeah, game over. Um, then the zombie catches her, the zombie priest, but the army guys come in and shoot him and kill him. Then we cut to some news reports about disturbing acts of cannibalism, all that kind of, you know, being reported out in the countryside. And uh, a news guy, like the probably the main news guy of the channel, he's talking to another guy that's working, and they talk about the lady and the camera guy who are out there. And like, we may be sitting on the biggest story ever. Maybe they can break it because they think it's about these hope centers. And the main guy is like, well, this might be the new story that ends the world. So, super. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're really, really throwing a lot of information at you, but it seems yeah. like the news crew knows more than what the actual guys that are here on the operation that yeah, they I jokingly they refer to as a vacation. <laughs> because I don't think they know that the terrorists from that fucking uh, you know, uh, hostage situation, one of those hope centers closed because they were saying that there's like bad stuff there. So, right. Um, yeah, they just know that they're there to take care of the terrorists, but there's something else and there's a reason why the terrorists are doing this, which we know because we saw it at the beginning if you want to piece it together yourself. And the yeah. reporters apparently have all this information, but um, for some reason are not sharing it with the soldiers they're embedded with. That's it's, what I'm getting with. <laughs> yeah. Or are they soldiers or are they international police because they're still dressed up like the SWAT team from yeah they're dressed Gone like a the SWAT dead. team in, in baby blues in a jungle not yeah it's fucking alright <laughs> so anyway yeah they stole it from Dawn of the Dead it's cool yeah yeah uh, the SWAT, uh, they're going through, um, the jungle. They're all driving the two separate Jeeps at this point. They want to ditch the reporters as they'll cause trouble to their mission. They come to, like, an end of where, like, the trail, the, like, road they're on, and there's a brush there. And they're talking, and the head SWAT guy, he's like, we're not moving further. He goes, I don't like the sound of those drums. They make me nervous. And they're like, I don't want to end up as some tribe's dinner. Uh, the reporter later says that she will go ahead and find out what's going on. She knows these tribes real well she spends a lot of time out here and she knows how to you know enter them and not you know be hurt and to and how she can talk to them and, there's uh, no explanation as to how she's like this why she knows no, these no, are just that she does know it yeah like she doesn't say anything about being an anthropological major um or being embedded for something for national geographic they just say that she does and we have to accept it yes and she does this by stripping down. Thank so, you, movie. Yeah, thank you, movie. And she uh, she starts entering the area with uh, the tribal people, and she sees, like, a human skull. Are you not going to comment on how she's all painted down while completely she, naked? She, she is all painted down and only in leaves. So, yes. Yeah, she's got a leaf thong. Yeah. Um, her nipples are painted and with circles yep. around her them. The chest and, and her face is painted too. Yep. Yeah, and the face it kind of does like an infinity symbol across her nose, and the face paint changes. Sometimes it's brown and sometimes it's blue, depending upon which angle they shot it at. Yeah. <laughs> on what day? Um, the way that it's painted on the boobs is a little bit different, and then the leaf thing looks like it was falling apart in some of the scenes. Uh, and yeah. it's like a leaf leaf thong. But um, I just wanted to state. This is the first, this is this actress's first, like, big rake, like, where she got yeah, a, oh, really? 
Absolutely. Yeah, like she carries the movie. This is basically she's the lead role, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. So she's super nervous going into doing this film to begin with. And then of course the the nude scene on top of that, which wasn't the first thing that she shot or anything, but like this is her first fully nude scene. This is her first trying to carry a movie. And yeah. So she's like scared and nervous as shit, I'm sure. You know, there's even a, oh, there's like, a, of course, there's a thing that they're talking about where some of the scenes that are shot with her, you can actually see like the fatigue in her eyes because she couldn't sleep because of the fear. And it's like some of her earliest shots that are in the film too, which is strange because she, yeah. sh- that would work out better for her towards the end of shooting. So maybe they should have just yeah. <laughs> changed the shooting schedule. Right. But the end of shooting, it was probably when they did all the factory scenes and she didn't have to take her clothes off. So, right. So maybe. Maybe. I don't know if that was now. I don't know when the actual sequence was, but I know it wasn't the nude scene. It's just another thing I wanted to point out. All right. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank then you. Then we movie get a pretty a... gruesome scene. Uh, some uh, guys uh, tearing up a alligator to eat it. Yeah. So is that an this alligator? is this is. I think it was. I'm not sure. I can't remember. It was some kind remnants of, of uh, cannibal. That was real shit. Yeah, cannibal holocaust yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So what I was talking about, all the exploitation genres. Here's your cannibal stuff because they go yeah. off into the jungle and you're seeing an animal ripped apart and eaten on screen. You know, it's just like they're gonna do in the cannibal films. And then she goes not necessarily infiltrates the tribe but like introduces herself to the tribe and some of these shots that you see of the tribe like the dancing and some of the other ritualistic thing that you're about to describe the footage looks different because it's actually from a documentary so a lot of this stuff is like there's a real funeral sequence and shit in here that's coming up so yeah yeah a lot of this seems from documentary stuff about a real tribe right and it was repurposed Uh, for this film uh ed wood style so let's let's go Yeah, so we see this, as we said, a dead body being prepared for a funeral. Uh, Um, That sequence where the person is wiping some kind of something, uh, like, that was on the the corpse on themselves, like, in their armpits and stuff. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people eating maggots out of skulls. It was... uh, Yeah, there was... I mean, it's obviously some type of uh, ritualistic belief structure thing, the reason why they're doing this, but out of context, just show Showing it to you for shock value alone is that's real low, right? I yeah. mean that's that's pretty fucking bad, right? Yeah, yeah, it was real bad. Anyway, getting through all that, let's just say she's accepted into the tribe. Uh, um, but there's like funeral there's funerary ends at 20 minutes. Okay, yeah, there's a bunch of funerary rites. So let's and, yeah, we can go through that. Yeah, there's a bunch of funerary rites. There's a bunch of like like you said, the them devouring an animal, which looked exactly like footage of them actually how they would eat, you know, yeah. like where they where they prepare the animal and everything. Um, uh, this is actual documentary footage, like the dance, the funerary stuff that we were seeing and we were talking about. And then um they mix that in with shots where she comes in and they have like this mask dance thing where they tried to replicate the actual mask dance that was being performed by various shaman in the footage yeah. that's from an actual tribe in a documentary um which by the way they also took music from the documentary and used it in the film too <laughs> you could tell that yeah. yeah um so that sequence is intercut with a sequence where she comes in to greet the tribe and she actually uh stands there and the shaman who's doing the dance takes off his mask which is n- apparently something that the tribe that they were trying to mimic here would yeah. never do because that means that it's a different person under the mask than when the mask uh-huh. is on after performing the shaman 
common thing and like he'll never yeah. be the same or, or something but like he, that but in this one it's to tell them because he gives her the mask so it's supposed to be like them showing her that they trust her right like a way of saying that you are one of us or whatever that yeah. trade thing but that would never happen for this particular yeah. tribe apparently uh so this is some of the most egregious exploitation i can think of like instead oh, yeah. of instead of racistly shooting your own footage he cuts corners and instead of stealing fake cannibal footage that someone else racistly shot, mm-hmm. they just take advantage of a native people. Right. They just fucking grab documentary footage of actual funerary rites and various other things that are being performed and then cut it down to its most out of context, salacious version of itself just for your entertainment value and to cause additional shock. Yeah. It, it seems rather egregious. The more I knew about this, the less I enjoy this part of the film, obviously. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty fine. Doing a documentary, a real documentary, is one thing, you know, because that can help people just learn about different people in the world. And is the original intention a, of the footage that they it, recut. Yeah. To, it's to share knowledge. Yeah. This is just being salacious and exploitive. So, well, and yeah, that is essentially where the cannibal films came from anyway, was um, these documentaries that were just like to be the most salacious and outrageous that they possibly yeah, not could. Not to actually teach, but to right, right. just be fucking gross. Under the guise of it's a it's a documentary so I can get away yeah. with it. Like that's where the cannibal films came from. So doing it that way, it sort of makes some sort of like demented, psychotic, poetic yeah. <laughs> justice, you know? But either way, it's still fucked and, and wrong and it's something that we needed to talk about and let's move into the next 20 minutes and you know, we've padded right. the movie out enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the group meets up with her and she tells them that they've been seeing many deaths within their tribe in the area and that they were hoping that these guys are there to help them. So, um, then the we cut to the night, the dudes are all fucking high as fuck in a tent while they're celebrating with uh with the tribe. But you can tell they're all fucking they're all out there. <laughs> Ayahuasca maybe? I think so. Something like that. Were they it has eat, to be. Were they eating any kind of white paste or anything? Do you remember? It doesn't show any that doesn't show them doing anything. Just them being kind of just fucking nutty and like way out of it and, <laughs> and sweating a lot. So <laughs> they were in the right state to finally understand everything David Lynch ever wrote. Yes, there you go. Exactly. Um well then we cut to the lady. She comes out to the SWAT leader who's kind of just standing outside as kind of a sentry. Uh, and I don't know, he might not be the leader actually. He's like second in command. Well, they talk in our next clip. Hi. Hi. Don't you feel well? Never felt better, only I'm afraid I'm a little pie-eyed. Hey, would you do me a favor if I asked? I suppose so. Couldn't you stop acting in that formal manner of yours? I mean, you have to be so military. When a soldier is out on an important mission, he has no time for sentiment. I wish to God I knew what's happening here. Why should nature suddenly start breaking its own laws? Why should the dead come back to life and walk around? Why should they start eating other humans? The sky, the water, everything seems contaminated. Then you arrive from nowhere, right? And I can't help wondering for what. You're a journalist, looking for news. Our mission is confidential, for security reasons. Top secret, is that it? The apocalypse is bearing down on us. The tombs are opening their doors. Dead men devour the living. And you're afraid to reveal your military secret. 
And yet perhaps the whole disaster is the result of one of those military secrets for national security. Perhaps it's related to those centers called hope. I think they were trying to get philosophical there at the end. Yeah. But like real hackneyed. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Anyway, we see one of the Z's or one of the dead tribal people were up like in a chair. Well, he's out and coming for him. And we see he's not the other one. A lot more Z's coming. And the group's still partying in the tent as the SWAT guy and the lady, they kind of fight him off and they get inside the Jeep and the Range Rover, at least, ceiling windows to try to keep themselves covered. Well, the dead hit the tent and start chewing people up, and that just causes mass panic. SWAT guys are shooting their way out. We have lots of eating, lots of attacks, uh, you know, chewing through hamstrings, fucking, you know, chewing through arms. It's, uh, it's a good shit, chewing fingers off. It's It's pretty fucking good in this scene. Yeah, this is definitely where they spent the bulk of the money and they do reuse some of the attack footage rather well. Um, you'll recognize that they're like some of the bites for fingers and stuff are like, you know, just a different angle from the same shot. Um, yeah. they, they do that in a couple of the attack sequences in this film, but they throw so much at you like all at once that when they do repurpose some of the stuff, you don't really notice it as much. And the, them shooting it in the jungle makes it actually quite good to be able to repurpose a lot of the stuff. Or they'll shoot like a neutral white background where they can literally throw it anywhere. And almost all the houses have white backgrounds to get away with that. Yeah. So like they, if they double up, which they do through a good portion of the film, it's not as noticeable unless you're like really, really pay attention. And they even do the thing where they bring a zombie back even after they've been killed and then just hope you don't notice it's the exact same zombie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but I mean, it's a, it's a really good fucking sequence yeah uh, this I, I is loved it. this is definitely the originator where you get the most original portions of the footage where they do reuse people from this again later yeah 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 but good shit good shit all around uh everyone's having fun here uh, i mean not if you're living in that situation you're having not a lot of fun um so as the group drives away uh the kind of the second in command tells the boss he goes hey i think the reporter lady knows why we're here Anyway, uh, and then the boss says, well, we'll just have to find a way to get rid of them then. So um, then the army jeep breaks down. So then they decide they all have to take the Range Rover and they start ditching all of the reporter's shit, including their film. Well, the camera guy gets all fucking pissy and he gets knocked the fuck out right down to the ground. But the lady holds them all off with a gun. Um, and she has the gun and like pointed at like the head of command, but she gets disarmed. And then one of the crazier SWAT guys points the gun that she she had at her and notices and laughs it wasn't loaded he even pulls the trigger and it clicks it was never loaded so uh they uh decide what they'll do is they'll just take the reporter and cameraman and they're just gonna find the first town and drop them off in it yeah so um, they're they, they're still helping them out but they're like they're still i mean they're not murderers apparently but they're not gonna deal with these people forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they have to take them out apparently anyway so they're dropping them off because they're pretty much sure they're gonna die on their own anyway yeah right yeah exactly uh well that night uh the lady and the second in command they they have a talk and they flirt a little bit innocently it's innocent enough and they're kind of having fun but boss man doesn't like it knocks the guy out 
says he's supposed to be watching and looking out and tells the lady that, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to have to get a little bit harder with you. And, you know, all right, whatever. <laughs> kind of rapey. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a little like, what the, I mean, what, why is there, what's your fucking problem? They weren't doing anything and he was still kind of watching out anyway. Um. Uh, the next day driving, they come up again to another heavy wooded trail, and so they send two guys out to scout it out. Those two guys, they walk out, and they see a lot of blood, and they see a hand laying there. Then they see a dead guy in a tree. Then one of the guys, he kind of looks off in the distance, he says, hey, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And they run back, and as they run through the clearing, back to the Range Rover, a lot of Zs follow them. Uh, the cameraman wants to film, because he's fucking nuts, apparently, and says he needs this footage, and he must be losing his head a little bit. Um... One of the two SWAT guys sit back there, and he's like, wow, that camera guy is fucking crazy. And he's like, and one of the other guys is like, well, you're just saying that because you're scared and probably pissing yourself. And so that guy took that personally. And he starts losing his mind a little bit. And he goes uh, running out there like, hey, you know, what are you fucking, what are you guys doing? And, like, um, two other SWAT guys are, like, shooting the zombies. But they're not shooting their heads. He goes, you guys are wasting their, your time with that. And that's, he blows one of their heads off. And then he kind of gets all their... Um, attention so that they can knock out one of the SWAT guys knocks out camera guy they drags him back to the Range Rover to get him in and then crazy guy blows a head off and he heads back to the Range Rover and we cut then to they, they're driving back and they start listening to radio broadcasts and more news to start to get out in the country here about what's going on uh, death and then we see the UN which is very bare and what's supposed to be the UN very bare one the country <laughs> rep is very much arguing about what people have done to his country and that they're murdering it and there's a lot of arguments there they have news about how they you can kill them and how to you know shoot them in the head they also have news about how they're going to handle the situation and you know sending out groups and and marshals and all that shit and that ends that 20 minutes all right so the guy acting crazy and being all like woo woo and jumping around that is yeah. very clearly influenced by Roger right before he says we got this by the ass pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> he also says this a lot they're going to get me you want a wing i'm not on the menu you'll never get me and it's like well that that pretty much means they're going to get you <laughs> <laughs> right that, that's, uh, that's that's what they were doing there and then there's yeah. a, a lot of night of the living dead with the outbreak thing but you can't really do the outbreak thing and people trying to be warned on the news without it being referenced yeah. back to night of the living dead you're just kind of that's almost there. that's almost a main part of zombie movies that everybody has to do it yeah there, there always has to be like news it, it, or else it or else your zombie movie, like you think part of the thing that's supposed to help with the fear about zombie movies is that no one, co no one's coming to help you because this is too many places. This is everywhere and there's no help coming. So I think that's what that's all supposed to be about. Or else if you just have a certain number of people at one location and that's the only location the zombie stuff's happening, well, people could come help. It's not so bad. Just get a communication out there. But if it's, well, this is everywhere and you're on your fucking own, that that amps up that fear. So Yeah, and everybody always has to try for that because that is essentially, you know, if it was just the farmhouse and then one cemetery, you would yeah. think even in the original Night of the Living Dead, well, everything's going to be fine. But no, they're here at this farmhouse because it is happening everywhere and there's nowhere to go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you, I mean, but that's, totally that's part that. of it. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's really not a big deal. But That's the, not being, because like even Shaun of the Dead used news. 
Jones. You know, that's right, right. That's just a staple of zombie movies. Right. So But the the Roger like thing right before Roger oh, yeah. gets attacked, like the way that this Although, guy is acting, he's like totally pulling off Roger. The he's way pulling that, off Roger, like because you do have to have like the crazy guy too. You have no, to have the, you don't have, you have to, to have the crazy guy. You just Well not not that not that he's like, I guess the crazy part, you have to have the guy that kind of loses it. Now he doesn't have to be as animated. Like that's where they stole Roger from. You, you doesn't need to be animated, but you always have to have the guy who loses it in the situation. Yeah. But you Roger's know, the original like, guy that lost it in the situation. I guess, I, I guess, do, but doing something also that gets him very, you know, Roger got bit once and yeah, he turned, but doing something that gets you like fucking torn the fuck to shreds because you're fucking losing it. You know, so I don't know, because it's kind of like reminds me of uh, the guy in uh, Day of the Dead. Right. Fucking but, loses it. And... Right. But that can't be possible because Day of the Dead hadn't been made yet. So yeah, he hasn't but... <laughs> start, he hasn't stolen from that yet. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying every almost every zombie movie has at least one character who the pressure gets too much for and does something that gets them very fucking murdered. <laughs> Right, and this guy also had his manhood insulted, so he's like trying yeah. to show off and prove that he's not a coward now, which is fucked as well. Okay, let's let's yeah, move yeah. on to the next twenty. All right, all right, all right. So the next twenty, uh, the group finds a house and they split up to go looking through it. One dude goes downstairs and he finds like the wardrobe area, and of course he does the smart thing and puts all his guns down and starts getting dressed up. Then uh, we see the leader; he goes upstairs and he finds an old woman in a rocking chair, and when he turns around, she's obviously dead and he hears something hissing and we see a cat crawls out of her stomach that was a really the, gruesome fucking effect they did that yeah. really well we're like oh man that is that is grody so anyway <laughs> the um the woman gets up and attacks him kind of pushes him down so uh and then we cut away again to the dude in the wardrobe. And as he goes into this next room, all he has is cane and stuff. He's prancing around. He is surrounded and attacked by a bunch of zombies. Oh, that prancing around, he's actually reenacting singing in the rain, I think. Oh, is he? Nice. Or at least trying um, to. Yeah, he's doing a little bit of Gene Kelly, I think. The guys hear him scream. And then we cut back up to the leader and he shoots the old woman in the head. The guys hear him scream and then they find him getting torn apart by zombies. Well, they freak out and it's the three guys, cameraman and two other soldiers, and they start shooting at that. Well, then the lady looks around and zombies are all over the windows. They're surrounding the house. She's trying to close everything. Then they come through the glass and grab her and start dragging her out. A uh, leader guy comes down and he saves her uh, and they get away, but there's just too many of them. Um... And they do, the guys in the cellar and the wardrobe, they leave, they come up, they're trying to hold them off. Uh, it looks like cameraman's about ready to get fucking torn apart, but crazy guy makes a torch and starts, you know, waving around so all the zombies are only paying attention to him. The rest escape, get back into the, the car. He comes out, waves them off, grabs the guns, and they get back into the car. So he grabbed the guns that the guy had put down, thinking smart. And as they drive, uh, one of the zombies, apparently, Really, they all forgot how to, you know, fucking, uh, you, you know, they, they totally forgot to, you know, I don't know, lock the fucking doors because the zombie just crawls right in. They're able to shoot him and push him out, but then the car stalls. They get surrounded. You have that whole epic fucking thing and, you know, everything's fucking nerve wracked, but the car gets started. They get out of there. And that was a good sequence. They really built yeah. the tension really well. And, and, and going through it, what I just said didn't take 20 minutes, but that was a whole 20 minute sequence in the house and it was really fucking good 
and it went quick. I was surprised when I reached my 20 minute because like you said, I liked that whole sequence a lot. It was really fucking nerve wracking to be certain. And I thought the zombies looked great. I thought that, you know, they acted really well. The people they had, I thought it did really well. Yeah, this was a really interesting sequence and I wonder which of the two directors did it. Yeah, right? Not Mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it can't be Fergasso because he's so much worse. Oh, yeah. I don't know then. It's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought this was a, again, this is a good scene. This is good stuff. Yeah, this most recent 20 minutes that we just wrapped up was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, and like I said, it's amazing. It doesn't seem like what I just said would take 20 minutes, but it did. Because there's a lot of nuance in here, too. A lot of searching around. A lot of just in there. You know, a lot of things that, you know, just build up tensions. So. Which reminded me of earlier Resident Evil games when you're running around the houses just and the old abandoned buildings just looking for things. And then you kind of run into zombies here and there. Like, it had that same kind of feeling that you got yep. like i i really feel like resident evil may have been influenced by these types of sequences <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe I totally not this agree. one specifically but i feel it in this yeah. sequence yeah it was good stuff yeah, um, shockingly so like i don't know who did this but if it's Fergasso, then maybe i owe him an apology maybe he did make a good film that wasn't troll 2 yeah <laughs> Well, we come into our final 20 minutes, and they drive up, and they stop, and it's kind of a small bullshit clip, but it at least tells you what their plan is, and then that is our next clip. There's the river. Yeah, that's it. Means we're near the end of this damn trip. But we gotta follow it all the way down to the mouth. Once we reach it, we'll take the boat. We have a fairly good chance of completing our mission. What about the reporters? We have to take him with us. Unfortunately, we can't leave him behind. That would be murder. He'd never survive. Look at those bushes. They're full of those friggin' monsters. Come on. Let's get moving. That guy did a face turn real fucking fast. Yeah. Yeah, he turned face. Well, he never wanted him dead anyway. He just wanted to drop him off in a town, though. He just didn't want him there. Unfortunately, now there are no more. I think he's realizing there's no more towns to drop people off in. Yeah, there's no safe location is basically what he's saying in this clip. There's no place that they're going to be able to leave them, so they're going to have to come with them. Exactly. So that's just how that one goes. Uh <laughs> sorry everyone. Uh but this is just how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your apocalypse may vary. Yes. So they drive through the dead. Uh, they find this little boat and they get on it. I'm almost 100% sure this was supposed to be a lot bigger of a boat, but budget probably fucking killed that. They need a bigger helicopter, Matt. Yeah, something. I mean, it was it was not the kind of boat where you're going to make a long trip like they supposedly made. But they make this trip and they end up at the facility from the start of the movie. They start looking around. They're checking into things. Uh, they know they, where they need to get up to the main offices. Um they uh, are. They walk around. They find where the main elevator is. They hear something, and they both. They all look away from the elevator. And as they're looking away, the elevator opens, full of zombies. Hi, Don. And they <laughs> grab the cameraman. They drag him in. The cameraman's being torn apart. At this point, um, the crazier army guy, he's like, no, you're not going to get him and you're not going to get me. But he gets grabbed and dragged up as the elevator goes up. This is bad. Both. Uh, they're all looking up and the blood just splatters like onto her face and stuff from this. So that's bad. And they run. 
Then the main leader. I fucking running. love this sequence, man. The back yeah. third of this film is fucking awesome. It is. Then they're running through dens of dead bodies just laying around. The leader's tripped and bitten on the neck by a zombie. He says he needs to still complete this mission. So he rolls up there. Um, he gets in the office, starts destroying evidence and shit as he's bleeding and dying. You can tell he's suddenly they're turning him green or gray. Then, um... In, uh, our next clip is the ladies kind of commenting what she knows and what they find. Throughout all of this, we see hordes of zombies walking through the facility, and this is our final clip. All these high-powered installations, like a factory from a future world, safely in on an island isolated and remote. It all begins to make sense. Now I can piece together the whole puzzle. What are you talking about? They were called Hope. They were centers of chemical research for the good of mankind. To help countries that are still underdeveloped. That was the cover. The official story. While the reality was terrible, unbelievable, they were working on a solution to the problem that most torments the industrialized countries. The overpopulation of the world. Dispose of the weak elements. The most defenseless. The most numerous in the simplest possible way. Just cause them all to eat each other. Jesus. So, after all this, uh, the two are surrounded by the dead, led by the crazy guy and the leader zombies there. Hello, Don. Yeah, right? And in the fun way here, uh, she screams, a zombie head goes into her mouth, tears out her tongue, then goes right back in, pretty much fists her head, and her eyeballs pop out, blood everywhere, and it is fucking gory. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, so, good job. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway... <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty fucking cool. Um, uh, so now uh, they're all dead because the guy also got grabbed, but you don't see his death. But you assume, you know, he's surrounded. And uh, throughout this whole entire movie, they're all having some significant problems trying to, you know, fucking shoot him in the head. So it's like they keep forgetting that that's what they need to do. Uh, there's also some resistance because of the way that the blanks were loaded over in Italy. Uh, there's an actor named David Warbeck that talks about that. Uh, the reason why he refused to shoot people in the head was because of the blanks and firing them at someone's head. It could have really hurt them. It was extremely oh. dangerous and you're not supposed to do that, which is why they don't have you do it all in one shot most of the time. Um, so there is some risk involved even in doing blanks. I uh, see. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense then. <laughs> well, then I guess I'm the asshole. Well, um, it's it's rough and tumble, but in a lot of cases, the actors are not shooting at the other actor's head out of respect from the possible chance that they could hurt them. Yeah. That's why whenever you get a lot of headshots, you see the gun shoot, and then it cuts to the zombie, and then the shot, which we'd all be fine with if you wanted to do that. It's so yeah, much I safer. Yeah, I would be fine with that if, yeah, for the safety measure of it all. <laughs> right. So, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Then. That's why you never see the headshots in the same all-in-one shot frame like that. All right. Well, uh, then we cut back to 
what would be civilization, I guess. Um, and we see a guy who's talking about how, you know, the, 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 he had a cadaver on his table, all four limbs removed, and the cadaver woke up and started biting at people. And there's, they, there, some people are watching this in a bar, and this couple are like, this is fairy tales, and the guy and the girl leave. They start making out, but she's like, I don't want to do that with you right now yet and he's like uh and you know he's acting all pissed off because he's being a dick uh anyway she sees the guy sitting there and she's like i think i'll get her light my cigarette from him because the guy won't light her cigarette and he's like i'm gonna bother him and she goes ah you don't have anything she goes sir and the guy turns around and it's actually just a dead body then she's grabbed by some zombies and they start chewing her up her boyfriend's just staying there standing there dumbfounded looking at it before he can realize a group of zombies come up behind him he gets torn apart they eat them roll credits Okay, so in another movie, we see where it spreads to the rest of the world. And this is pretty much them trying to do what they did at the end of Lucio Fulci's Zombie, which was essentially a fake sequel to Dawn of the Dead when it was called Zombie 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Okay, Uh, once again, Matei snagging a little something something from somebody else. But this ending sequence was actually pretty freaking cool. I think we could have used some kind of title card to say that, you know, where it's going, like, you know, that we're, we're here now, they're somewhere in the world that's not Guam, dealing with some yeah. type of police action that looks very much like a SWAT team, but it's also in what appears to be like an America or, you know, North American continental type location, or maybe Europe, you know, and then all of a sudden they're getting shipped off to Guam, but they're SWAT police, but are they international police? Now they're like... Like a military unit wearing the same yeah. SWAT outfit with the same embedded reporters that know everything that's happening before they do. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> right. So, like, you you can kind of follow what they're trying to, to do yeah, story-wise. But, I mean, like you said, they jump around a lot. <laughs> right, right. But, like, this is, like, the fifth or sixth time that I've watched it, Matt. That's how I'm piecing it all together. I promise yeah. you, I never paid that close attention to anything having to do with the story any other time I watch this film other than what crazy shit am I going to see next? Because that's what yeah. Hell of the Living Dead really is all about. But if you take the time and you put in the work of all of the Matei films, there is as cohesive a story as you could expect. I think I threw in enough qualifiers to make that true. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You did well there. (laughs) (laughs) But like, this is probably his finest made film we've done so far. I mean, it's the most coherent. It has the most um, straightforward of a story for the most part. It goes all over the place and does so many different genres and blends them together fairly well. Probably about the best we've seen him do thus far. Um, You know, like the zombie three that he uh, finished up for Fulci after he died. I think it's probably a close second probably to this one. Um, But, you know, is that the one with the DJ? Yeah, the DJ and then the zombie that was the advanced tool user, crazy like machete attack and stuff that was definitely more Fulci. But yeah, uh, this is probably like the most coherent and the most well-made. And then whatever was wrong with zombie three could even probably be blamed on Fulci if you felt like it. Because he he loved to not follow story. He loved to just throw stuff at you and see what stuck. You know, I will freely admit that. And I fucking love it that he did that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, this is this is like probably Mate's finest work so far that we have seen. Uh, And I think so. I don't think we're going to top this one. 
No, I think this is going to be about as best as we're ever going to get from him. There's only one this. way to know for sure, though, man. It, it's to watch them all. I know, you fucking asshole. <laughs> we will find this man's finest work and celebrate it. I think we just did. Why aren't we celebrating this? <laughs> I am. I really enjoy this film. I rather like Hell of the Living Dead, or as I originally saw it, I think it was Revenge of the Zombies or Night of the Zombies, one of the two. It was like the same company, Creature Features, I think they were called. They released like Gates of Hell, which we now know as City of the Living Dead. Uh, Gates of Hell, this film, I think they released it as Night of the Zombies or Revenge of the Zombies, one of the two. And then there was another zombie film. I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was. But, oh, maybe, no, not Lucio Fulci zombie, but like all three of them had the same zombie head in some way, shape or form, just modified slightly to be yeah, like this... their, their main zombie. Like the poster of this yeah, one is that zombie's head. I saw one that was called City of the Dead. It had that same zombie head. Okay, well, uh, City of the Living Dead is the gates of hell as it was released here in the United or, States. Yeah. And that that zombie head was used in that poster for the gates of hell version over here. I've seen that on your on your fucking in your in your you know your collection. <laughs> right. Uh that's how you first saw it as a gates of hell from my Anchor Bay DVD, I think, way, way, way back when. Yeah. And you ain't seen nothing until you've seen that ocular penetration in HD, baby. That's goddamn right (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so this was one of those films and for a while i would just buy that cover like whatever it was like if it had that zombie head on it and then eventually i saw that it was the same company which i think was called creature features like i knew that that vhs was gonna be fun in some way shape or form and that's how i bought revenge of the zombies slash night of the zombies uh back then that i still love to this day um it's such a fun weird twisted fucking movie that doesn't even bother to try and make sense and you have to come up with your own story. And if you start here for Mate, it's pretty much all downhill from what we've watched so far with a yeah, few yeah, shining right? moments here and there. But like what we've got so far is we are ending a series of Mate with what we will both wholeheartedly agree and call the best Mate film we have watched. Yes, this is definitely the, the better thing we have ever seen from Mate. That is a fact. So... I now submit to you, Matt, that our Matei special rating is on a sliding scale from this point forth where Hell of the Living Dead is said scale. So if it's exactly a Hell of the Living Dead, that means you feel it is about as good as Hell of the Living Dead. If it is a, if it's a like 0.5, so it's about half the movie Hell of the Living Dead is. If you think it's better, then it becomes 2.5. You know know what I'm saying? Like it's a Uh, 2.5 scale kind of deal. So that's, that's your rating scale. Instead of stars, you give Hell of the Living Dead. So we're we're anchoring this relative to Hell of the Living Dead because that yeah. way you know how much you enjoyed Hell of the Living Dead, everyone that watches this. So now we don't have to try and explain how good or bad it is. We can just give you a sliding scale where you have a point of focus that you can fit. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone gets it. Yeah. Everyone gets who gonna get it? Good. Yeah. We're all calibrated now. This yeah. film is exactly a Hell of the Living Dead, Matt. It is. This is exactly Hell of the Living Dead. This is exactly where we should be at for Hell of the Living Dead. Okay. So on this scale, how would you rate Rats Night of Terror? Uh, that is uh 1.5. Wait, so 1.5? Like, you mean in the negative side, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Negative side. Yeah, so it's, it's, for me, I would say it's about half a Hell of the Living Dead. So it's like a half a star. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. Yeah. I enjoy Rats Night of Terror about half as much. So there you go. It's a half. <laughs> it's a half. Uh-huh. There uh, you go. Cool Jaws? What? Uh, cool Jaws. Oh, that's a full City of the Dead negative. <laughs> A whole one negative. <laughs> a whole one. <laughs> that is as much as I like City of the Dead, I disliked Cruel Jaws. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say I'm at about a 0.75 enjoyment. So we're going to confuse the audience even more on how much they can or cannot enjoy it. <laughs> They're all going to have to start doing math. <laughs> Suckers. You got to think of this as par, Matt. It's under yeah, yeah. par. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> or yeah. over par. Well, but negative par, yeah, is good. Yeah, so <laughs> so you're saying it's one over par. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cruel Jaws? Yeah. Cruel Jaws is, uh, that's, if we're, let's say, all right, maybe we should do a score in a different way. Let's say. <laughs> no, say, I love how confusing this is for you. I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm such a sadistic prick. <laughs> Let's set City of the Dead at a par of three. All right. <laughs> and, and so you get par because it's City of the Dead. It's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's five. Cruel Jaws. It's five stars. Just, yeah. Cruel Jaws, you just did a double bogey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm confused because I don't know golf. <laughs> See? Not so funny anymore, is it? Who the fuck is on first, Matt? <laughs> I don't know, but what's on second? <laughs> Yeah, so okay, we'll we'll go break it into fourths. All right. <laughs> so we started with one thing we're all the way to has us buff so fucking punch truck on a Monday night. I just love we keep going. We've we've both come up with five different rating systems. <laughs> Which are infinitely more enjoyable than watching the movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just do a whole show about different rating systems towards Matei. <laughs> we just argue on how to best gauge what is good and bad Matei when it's all just bad and somewhat we'll, more enjoyable. We're going to end up with basketball rules. <laughs> no, no. See, the sick burnout that's that's city of the living dead <laughs> or hell of the living dead all right we can just do some fucking psyop news all right are you having trouble keeping up with the ebbs and flows of modern geekery is the real world holding you back from knowing what is happening in the geeky world to answer these and other personal problems brought in by your friends gaming group and loved ones Geek Radio Daily presents daily informational sessions brought to you by the wonderful Billy Flynn, the Flynnstress, and podcasting's Rich Siegfried. They contain such helpful segments as history, geek birthdays, box office results, the latest in DVD and Blu-ray, video game and comic releases. Why, they also have a Sweekly show hosted by the wonderful Billy Flynn and the Flynnstress, which includes interviews and commentary. And to make sure you are informed, Geek Radio Daily also provides you with your daily dose of geek news to make sure you know more than that jerk know-it-all Steve. Visit us at geekradiodaily.com. That's right, Geek Radio Daily. All the geek without the weight. Now available in fine Corinthian leather. Technician, report to Sector 9.
Yeah, that is one of the only songs that was actually composed for the actual film on the soundtrack, man. Nice. Yeah. And it's really fucking cool. They should have just thrown all the money they wanted to at this guy. He did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) So you did all right, man. I don't know why they're bullshitting you like this. Because Goblin was a name and they wanted to be able to say that they had Goblin on the soundtrack. Just like we want to be able to say, give me some science. older one that I found, but it never made into the announcements, but it's from Darren. Oh, that's our boy Darren from the psycho podcast, our political affiliate, if you will. Yes. Uh, this news has been making him in the gambit. I don't think we ever reported on it, but it's been out for a while. This Bisexual is like pastor, death, fuck the porno. Not that one. Bisexual pastor turned stripper blesses the world with her sacred sexuality through OnlyFans. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. Ooh, poorly timed. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. <laughs> Afraid of vaginas? Uh, a, a bisexual pastor and uh, mother of three has traded the pulpit for the pole to become an erotic dancer on OnlyFans. And for her, it feels every bit as holy. A girl gets terrified enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. <laughs> Nicole Mitchell, 37. Grew up in a strict Baptist family with strong stereotypical gender roles. I got Botox she, in my scrotum. That okay? Uh, she was expected to be quiet, reserved, and sweet, and be a carer as an enter- as an entertainer was totally out of the question. I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, from a young age, she, she states she had fantasized about being a stripper. If I would have read that the way it was quoted, that would have been clipped for days. Uh, Mitchell told the New York Post. She also says that she was indoctrinated to believe that her desires and her body were innately sinful and bad. Yeah, I wasn't reading that the way it was quoted. Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. Praying to God. (laughs) That's what assholes do. Goddamn. If you pray, you're an asshole. I'm just going to say this. When I die, if I if I end up at the pearly gates and they go, well, let's go over some things, I'm pretty sure that's going to play on loop. <laughs> so we're going to be pushing the Christian agenda right down your fucking throat. Pretty much. So she says she was taught that women aren't allowed to lead and that women belong in the kitchen and with the children. So even though it went against everything she was told, she decided to become a pastor because a pastor. A pasta? (laughs) Afraid of vaginas? A pasta. A pasta because of uh, her love for performing. Hey, bro, I can't get it up. It goes without saying that the possibility of being anything other 
than straight wasn't really an option in their family, and she herself never considered her sexuality till 2016 when she attended an LGBTQ Let's jacket or plus something. theater performance. It was a revelation to her. Uh, Finger bang a girl states, with a corpse hand. She believes she uh, she came to the realization that uh, she didn't think she was straight, and it rocked her world. Uh, she stated that she knew if that she had uh, revealed that uh, her queerness, uh, she would lose everything because the church would not be welcoming of of queer people. Uh, there's the pastor struggle to keep her sexuality a secret. She felt as if she was living a very double uh, double life. And she knew it could continue, so on July 4th, 2017, she gave her last sermon at the church and simply walked away without looking back. She just said she just never showed up again. Uh, A few months later, Mitchell came out publicly as queer in a confessional YouTube video. It was a huge step, and as she faced the prospect of starting anew, she decided to hire a life coach to guide her. Uh, she started following her life coach's wife on Instagram, who was doing lingerie modeling, and she was kind of triggered by it, and she said uh, she was, like, very drawn to it. So then, uh, after years of repression, the picture sparked something within her and that she knew she was keen to explore further. She signed up for a class called Sexpress You. The loving three-way with a corpse. I, that's not what that is, Court. I was trying to be. That. I was trying to be somewhat respectful of her newfound uh, self. Yeah. By remaining silent for a good portion of that, and then I realized that no one wants me to be respectful of anyone. They just want no. clips of you saying horrible things. Yeah, I and have you a too. ragey direction. But yes, both of us, but mostly you. What's with all that yeah. asshole creep? What is with all that asshole cream, though? <laughs> all kinds I mean, of things you don't want on your dick. Well, how dare you make assumptions about things that I want? Blood jizz. That's one thing you want. But that's terrible. I would never want that. Blood jizz. I mean, that's what I have. It's not what I want. Oh, my gum has the cure for cancer. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that it doesn't. OMG, <laughs> a jizz drinking game. Anyway, um... Uh, this sex first you uh, gave her the confidence boost she needed to book her first nude photo shoot. She said she cried because she had never felt more holy and sacred in all her life. She had never felt more sexy and liberated than she did then. Mitchell turned that feeling into a career and is now able to earn a good living selling explicit photos and videos on OnlyFans. Uh, on top of all this, she's also a life coach and offers courses that says how to unfuck yourself. Teaching others how to be their true self. So, I mean, she she says she now identifies as bisexual and pansexual and has never been happier. She says every person has the right to express themselves in whatever way feels good to them. And this is how it feels good to her. Uh, she says that her sexuality is incredibly healing and sacred. And when she gives this gift to people, it blesses them. So, there you go. It's a nice story. I don't want a Jesus freak making porn for me, though. That's just not my my fetish. Really? <laughs> I'm like, really? That's my you? fetish. I would have thought that would have been it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they don't, you know, try and sermonize me while they're, you know, doing whatever. I, maybe I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that's what she's about. <laughs> yeah, but like the Jesusy talk that she's doing in the article, like, would it's a it's a serious boner killer for me, man. Like, you talk like that, and it's just it's done. Well, but I, I don't think she talks like that to you during the moment. I would certainly hope not, because it would just totally be, hey, bro, I can't get it up for that at all. 
I still think you probably could. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you turn around about how sinful this is and it's awful and it's wrong and we shouldn't be doing this, then, you know, maybe. Uh, I don't think she feels that way, though. <laughs> right. But, like, if you're going to play it up, then maybe. But otherwise, no. Oh, oh I got you. I got you. You're like, yeah, come on. Tell me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I get you. All right. right. No, I, I'm completely happy for this woman that she's found sexual liberation, but that's not how Christianity fucking works. And eventually she's going to realize that whatever she's on is not whatever Christians consider Christianity. Whatever really. she's about in yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. What is it seems strange and scary to them. <laughs> right. I mean, whatever she's doing that makes her happy is totally fine. And if she still needs faith that makes her happy, then that's that's fine as well. But like the two do not reconcile as well as she feels they do. Yeah. <laughs> is all well, I'm saying. And the fault is not with her newfound sexuality or her newfound self-freedom and uh, just, you know, liberation from whatever feeling that she has. But like full-fledged Christianity and everything that she was just talking about do not not really go well together i mean that's the way some people have taught it <laughs> right and i'm again truly truly happy for her but that's not how that works it's not how any of that it's, works it's not how this works it's not how any of this works <laughs> yeah probably not uh, it's a it's a goddamn mess out there and everyone's <laughs> just doing what they can to get fucking through it <laughs> yeah no again i'm happy for her i truly am but that's not how christianity works unfortunately never has been never will be unfortunately you're 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 right on that well uh but all, anyway. all religion is essentially created in some way shape or form to control what women do with their bodies hey that's fucking scaringly accurate more, dare you? more so than men because men have so many fewer rules against what they can and can't do in these books because they were the ones that wrote them hey listen again i don't see why we gotta get all fucking exact on everything here i was trying How to dare be, you? i was trying to be a little bit more civil about it than what i what i'm capable of doing so i'm just gonna fucking say it how dare you fucking speak silly truths <laughs> <laughs> whatever i'm trying to pat out the episode with false controversy it's a hot take matt i'm even hot looking takes. confused in the camera and my eyebrows are going all weird with my fucking bow tie when i say them hey you you all right over there because I... <laughs> <laughs> my ketones are wearing off and i'm getting cranky it's time to put gotta, me to bed yeah i got a bad feeling that you need to you need some quiet time big shoots <laughs> If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
obviously know where that song originally came from. You can you can tell. It's yeah, not it's, hard to be able to tell. No, it's Dawn. <laughs> yeah, that totally came from Dawn. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Dawn. That's Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like the way that they repurposed it in this film. I liked how they used it. And if you've watched horror films that are way, way older, I mean, how many times was Swan Lake uh, reused in Universal Horror Films? How many times from the Creature from the Black Lagoon hit on that theme music was reused elsewhere in Universal monster movies and sci-fi movies and shit? I mean, you get used to that kind of stuff. Like, look at the fucking Wilhelm scream, right? Yeah. We can give the movie shit for stealing soundtracks, but let's not pretend like they're the only one. Yeah, no, they're definitely not. That's That's been done forever. <laughs> and there was plenty of other egregious things that you can hold the filmmakers accountable for, including the reuse of the documentary footage the way that they did. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. See, it's not... There's a ton more shit that happened... Or, <laughs> than what they did. <laughs> if you'd like to find other instances where Matt and I begin reviewing the film once again right before we close out the show, <laughs> the other 292 possible instances of that happening are available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can also call us out on shit like that in our Facebook group where you have to be extremely careful what you posted five fucking years ago for some goddamn reason or else you get zucked. Yeah, man, they're coming for you. That's our Cinema PsyOps Facebook group that I am currently bitching about. And I'm sorry about this, folks. We're still trying to make it as much fun as we can in there. But, I mean, we're getting zooky zooked. They're coming for you, Barbara. <laughs> you violated their community standards. They're very <laughs> cross with you, Barbara. If you'd like to get a little cross with me on Facebook over my bad impersonation that was prompted by Matt's even worse, I'm available on Facebook as Court PsyOps. You can go at Matt there as Matt PsyOps. You can go super old school and email us feedback. Matt is PsyopMatt at gmail.com. I am CinemaPsyopsCourt at gmail.com. We're both available there via the second oldest form of communication that we currently will communicate with you on. What's the first oldest? <laughs> Voice messaging, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, I, don't, I mean, I, mean I, don't, I guess you could send a voice message to us. Yeah, that's right. So You could also tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of really confused old twats on the hate-filled oh, shit fest that has been reformed into Pornbot Heaven, known as Twitter. I'm at court Woo. underscore psyop there, and he is at Psyop Matt. We're also available in your Snapomatic style Instagram form, cinema underscore Psyops there. That is the page that I run for all of our repurposed memes and for your viewing pleasure. All the memes. <laughs> we want the memes. I, did, I, did, no, I thought you were going to go right on top of me there. <laughs> <laughs> Clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're out there making clips for all of us to laugh at for the next six or so years, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch.
you hear me? Yep, I hear you. You hear me? Yes. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said, hey, you hear me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with you. Sometimes I think that's just what you say instead of hi. <laughs> Sometimes that is what I just say instead of hi. So there you go. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to be real cordial and real civil with you because you finally made right by me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did. I made right by you. (laughs) I think literally all you needed was someone just to remind you that you needed to do something. Because otherwise, like there's a while where my anxiety was telling me, no, he just has no fucking respect for you. That's all this is. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, I literally just didn't remember. (laughs) As soon as you just sent me the reminder, I went, oh, yeah. And then I PayPal'd it to you. (laughs) I actually sent you a payment request from PayPal because yeah. it's like there's only one uh, way that this that's is how I re- that's how I remembered <laughs> I was like I was like oh fuck yeah I, I gotta pay fucking court Jesus Christ what's wrong with you there you go <laughs> my bad <laughs> I totally forgot <laughs> It's not that I have disrespect for anybody. I have a shit memory. <laughs> like four years now that you've had that recorder or three? <laughs> yeah, something, man. I've had a real bad memory, though. Yeah. And uh, I can't even blame it on booze. That's that's the really bad part. I've had that since I was little. <laughs> wow, that's just... I just... I don't know how you live like that. I truly I, it's, don't. It's, it's fucking horrendous. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, it's... You should see my desk usually at work. Lots of post-it notes. Did you remember to record yet? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> see? I need it. One, two, three. There we go. I'm recording now. And that waveform looks good, right? Yeah, everything looks good. Cool. Just wanted to make sure because it happened once and I'm always going to double check now. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> All coming through the blue snowball. Yeah. All right. So don't spoil it. Don't 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 say anything other than how does it feel to finally be done with March Mate as of the recording of this episode? Feels real good, man. Feels real good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start episode 293. Can you believe it? 293. 293. That's fucking amazing. We're still grabbing them. I just imagine it's some guy like me smoking a cigarette, drinking out of a bottle of whiskey. Hold, please. Yeah, I'm totally not getting them that shit. These guys suck. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck these guys. What do they know? And in case anybody's wondering, I have actually seen Matt work in that capacity when we were both inbound representatives for various jobs because inbound call shit is huge in this town still. It is. And I was... was, (laughs) I was really fed up and done with that job, so it was, it was, it was. I was on my way out. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you're describing something that actually was you at your yeah. job, pretty goddamn oh, yeah. well. And it'd be like, yeah, hold on, uh, this guy's an asshole. Hold on, watch this. Un, you know, unmute. Yeah, I'm, I'm still looking those. Those directions, man, they're really hard to find. Somebody's supposed to get them to me. They're being real lazy right now. And then remute. I'm just gonna just... I'm just gonna throw some shade over another uh, group of workers. Uh-huh. Dispatchers. I am told by many of my trucker friends. Yeah. That dispatchers yeah. can be like this as well. So that's oh, probably I'm... what this guy is. He's probably like a military dispatcher. Probably. Sounds like something, man, that that's that's probably definitely gonna happen to somebody in this world <laughs> <laughs> i'm hoping but, that somebody uh, i'm hoping that somebody's like driving the long haul and they're yeah. listening to this episode and they hear us say that and they just punch the air and we're like fuck yeah dispatchers yes! <laughs> they talk in our next clip fucking computer locked up that's never happened before here we go that's how i'm um, going to be found yeah with the cat crawling out of you now nah, you'll take better care of them than that. <laughs> <laughs> i'll try and keep them fed but once i'm gone yeah you never know but when you're not reporting for this show, I'll eventually come and check on you. Eventually. <laughs> I might have to be reminded by somebody. So, anyway. So, 
they, um, alright, so, okay, they get down there, uh, fuck, let's see here, fuck, sorry, I got lost, uh, <laughs> fuck, 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 where's that shit, okay, sorry, alright, there we go. right on top of me there (laughs) clip (laughs) well while you're out there making clips for all of us to laugh at for the next six or so years kick the fuck out of this weekend make it your bitch i guess that one's for you specifically matt i I guess so yeah (laughs) and i have stopped recording